0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today, we've got a great malicious compliance story about using some sick leave. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, want me to take a message? Sure, I work in claims and because we're long-term slash personal injury claims, we're not considered a call center. But we do take calls from our claimants and need to be available to take calls from claimants. And on average, I receive about 6 to 8 calls a day, but generally only 4 of those are for me. Recently, there's been a trend of some colleagues putting themselves on unavailable for long periods of time. 3 plus hours daily to avoid calls, and when you reach out to ask if they're free for a call, they don't respond until it's been at least 5 minutes, because in that time you've probably ended the call for them anyway. I'd taken a call for a colleague named Sally already, and in an apartment of 100 plus colleagues, two calls for one person is unusual, when I received another call, but this time it was from an external complaints body, wanting to ask Sally some questions, which at that stage, not yet a complaint. At 2.32, I message Sally to ask if she's free, and while I wait, I get the background from the nice external complaints person. At 2.42, she replied and said, Sorry, I was just on a call. Everything okay? And I immediately replied saying, No, they're still on the call, and I can transfer you. Sally immediately backtracks and says, Sorry, I'm still on the call. Can you take a message? What Sally doesn't know is that I can see her status, and it's set to Do not disturb and not on a call so I know she's just trying to get out of taking calls. But I just agreed and I decided instead of resolving the call, I would take a message and pass it on. As requested, I took a message from the nice external complaints person, as I wasn't able to resolve the query. I confirmed that I would escalate it urgently to Sally's manager and our internal complaints team, as they wanted to know about an urgent payment that hadn't been processed in a week. Sally immediately replied and said I should have said who it was, and she'd have taken the call. That's so odd. I thought she was on a call. Honestly, I feel like OP should have just gone through with it and reported it anyways. Cause God forbid you gotta keep working with people who act like that. Also, hi, I'm Steven. And if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is... Wanna discipline me for being right? I got you. I work for a freight delivery company, drive a semi-truck, and usually go out with 10-15 to 15 deliveries a day. Our policy is that when you deliver to a residence, you have to take a picture with the work phone as an additional proof of delivery. That is morphed into now, if the delivery receipt says residential, you have to take a picture of it, regardless if it's going to a business or a house. There are so many small details on a delivery receipt that can get missed, so this is an important detail. One day last week, I have a delivery for Laura Lopez, name changed. It was being delivered to a construction company that Laura is an employee of. The delivery receipt does not say it's residential. I make the delivery and leave, no picture. Next morning, my bench of a supervisor says, I have a write-up for you. Puzzled, I ask her for what? For the Laura Lopez delivery yesterday, it was residential. I explained to her that it was at a business and the delivery receipt did not say residential. She wasn't having it. I should also mention that her and I butt heads often and she's been trying to get rid of me for some time. I told her that we need to go talk to my manager about it. So we do and he sides with me because she has no ground to stand on. This infuriates her. I tell her that under no circumstances will this be an issue again. That day is when I start my malicious compliance. I take pictures with the work phone at every stop. What happens is when I hit depart on the work phone, it sends a pop-up to her computer with the picture and she has to acknowledge it before she can do anything else on her computer. I crashed her computer three times that day. At one stop, I took 20 pictures. I get a call from her telling me that I have to stop taking pictures. I politely tell her that I'm covering my butt and not going against policy. I'm giving you an order. I laugh and hang up. Sure as crap, she wrote me up for it. I don't even argue. I say we need to take it to my manager. I walk in and he says, what now? I tell him the story. He looks at her, takes the write-up and rips it up. Are you seriously writing him up for overperforming? She had no words. And I still take a picture at every stop because I'm petty. Honestly, I don't even think it's petty, I think it's just covering your butt here with somebody that you know is vindictive, and hey, at least you have it on record with your manager now that she is being vindictive. Our next story is, manager asks me to motivate an employee into doing a job he doesn't like. This happened around mid-2006. I was a low-level team leader in a tech consulting company. I was in charge of two teams of three each. The client was a bank. If you've ever worked with a bank, you know that technology moves pretty slowly on a bank. For instance, the project we worked at was in Java 1.3 that got deprecated in March 06. One of the guys in my team, let's call him Max Powers, was the kind of guy that's always trying to be on the cutting edge of everything. And we had him working on the project and he asked several times to migrate the project to a newer version of Java or be assigned to a project with more up-to-date tech like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today. There were, he was just assigned to this one, but I couldn't do any of those things. I knew he was unmotivated because of this and i was also pretty bummed about having to work with outdated technology so we both started researching open source tools to use in the company that were cutting edge and proposed some improvements to our manager he liked the idea so we formed a task force to create tools for the company the task force was max and myself however this was a side job our main responsibilities were still on the bank project One day on a team, project leaders and managers meeting, we were talking about desired and undesired rotation, people leaving the company, and how to stop it. I brought Max's case up, saying that having someone extremely focused on cutting edge tech doing boring, outdated stuff was probably the recipe to undesired rotation. The manager said, you're wrong. This is totally desired rotation. We want people motivated to work here he's not. I said, but he's not because you're unwilling to move it to a project with better tech. Plus, he's one of our best assets by a mile. He's doing the work of two to three people and the task force. We wouldn't want him to leave, it would be a problem. Then the manager said, then it's your fault. You have to motivate him better. I stopped arguing. To me, Max leaving was totally a case of undesired rotation. It was a problem to my planning and furthermore, it was losing someone whom I saw as one of the top assets available in the company. But the manager said that I needed to motivate Max better. Cue malicious compliance. So I did. I motivated him to get the heck out of the company. He wasn't going to be allowed to work in cutting edge projects there. He found a new and exciting job in no time. He's a millionaire now. He got called by Google to interview with them. He rejected the offer. He could have been retired by age 38, but he kept on working because he still loves what he does. We struggled to cover him, we had to hire 2 more devs and the task force came to an end. I couldn't do it just by myself, and the rest of the devs weren't as interested in it. I mean I guess your position as a low level team leader would be to try to motivate the people working under you to do their work and love their work, but I mean if the person isn't happy with the job, how much motivating can you really do? Needless to say, OP helped them out much more than trying to motivate them to stick it out at this company that they were unhappy at. Our next story is, cell phone company tries to keep my money. I purchased a flip phone for my elderly father from one of those companies that only cater to older adults. His phone stopped working, so I asked for a replacement. I was told that the phone was no longer sold, but there is a new version. I ordered the new phone. It worked for about a month and a couple of days and then stopped. When I called customer service, the rep told me it's a known issue with the new version. I asked to have another phone sent, but it was told the 30-day warranty expired. I asked if this is a known issue, then why aren't you sending replacements? She said she didn't know. The rep did some troubleshooting. It worked for a day and then stopped again. I reached out to corporate and they refused to replace the phone. I asked for a refund for the phone and a refund for the last month I was charged. They flat out refused to refund my last bill. Corporate told me to return the phone, meaning I would have to pay the shipping cost. After sending complaints to the Better Business Bureau, the FTC, the district attorney, and posting about my experience on Google and Yelp, they finally sent me a return shipping label. They did refuse to refund the last month, even though my dad had, with their own admission, only used the phone for a couple of days the last month. Q malicious compliance. So I sent the phone and the box it came in. I also double boxed it and packed it with a ton of stuffing. I overloaded it so much you can barely see the box the phone is in. I made sure the box was ridiculously heavy. You will pay for the last month even if it's through your return label. Just the price of doing business, I guess. A company like that clearly isn't around for the reviews, isn't around for the user experience. They're there to try to make money off of people who probably just don't care enough, move on to the next supplier, and hope that they don't get screwed over again. Or, you know, prey on the elderly who just don't really understand any better. Our next story is, I won't need my computer, whatever you say. This one is more petty compliance than malicious, but I think they got the message. Right at the beginning of the meeting, I was told I wouldn't need my computer, even though we were going to be discussing and referring to shared documents. You guessed it, on our computers. I had just opened my laptop and logged in, but after being told this... I closed it and put it into my bag. Granted, we were all told we wouldn't need our computers during this meeting. I'm not sure why, since by the end of the meeting, everyone apart from the person who said we wouldn't need them had opened their computers. But I didn't bother to get my computer from my bag. Nope. You said I wouldn't need it. You know best. I was so annoyed. Why would they tell us we don't need our computers when we clearly do? How am I supposed to comment? Planning for your next trip? on documents if I don't have them in front of me. I mean, I'm just waiting to see the fallout. I'd love to have heard about the petty conversation that went down when they realized OP wasn't able to understand or look at anything they were doing because they weren't using their computer. Maybe the person who called them out for it and said that they don't need the computer realized, oh, I can't call them out on not using the computer. This next story is Supervisor asked for some help and got exactly what he asked for back in college my supervisor at work always pointed out flaws with what i did if she asked me to restock item a and i noticed that item b also required a restock i would find her or a shift lead and ask about it turns out it bothered her and distracted her a lot when i did that because it prevented her from talking the ear off customers we had a million complaints about a talkative manager who wouldn't let the customers go so one day i had enough Not wanting to be written up again for taking initiative, I decided to do exactly what she asked. It was Halloween season and for some reason the candy shipment for one specific item was delayed. It was a favorite so we were losing money every day it wasn't in stock. You might be able to guess where this is going. I noticed that the candy had arrived but she had not noticed the same or had missed the message she got about it so it wasn't restocked. No one else really cared. It stayed that way for two days until she asked me about it, and I told her it's been two days. I got an earful, but she couldn't do anything to me. I resigned a month later as I got an internship in my industry, and I later heard this affected her promotion. One of many factors, but I still count it as a win. I'm confused about how, if you're going to do your job of restocking, and you notice another item needs restocking, then you have to turn around and ask for permission on every single item. I mean just something in the whole chain of command there is screwed up why can't somebody who's on restocking duty restock something that needs to be restocked our next story is time tracking policy encourages sick leave so in my job we need to track explicitly our effort and the time that we spent on which tasks each day must have at least eight hours of recorded effort And if there is not enough work, or for some other reason you're not working productively the whole day, you'll have a hard time to think about where to put your efforts. If you record less than 8 hours, your bonus for the quarter will be less. What a stupid rule, I know. If you don't have enough work, that's also your problem. Lately I took sick leave for some days as I was really not well, but after a few days, and as I'd had a bad feeling about letting the team down, I continued to work, even though I was sure I could easily get another medical certificate to extend my paid sick leave. However, I was only able to work some of the hours and needed to rest or sleep the other half of the day. I was working from home. Remember the rule about time tracking? I didn't know where to put the remaining hours and actually didn't bother to invent something The next day, my boss commented with me why my time tracking is not filled correctly. On the other hand, if you just report sick, you don't need to worry about the time tracking as the whole day will not count. So I just decided to go to the doctor on the next day and extend my sick leave for a few more days, without worrying now about where to put my hours. The company apparently prefers people to not work at all instead of only working half days without correct time tracking. I don't know how that makes sense from a business perspective, but it's not my business. I mean, I could only imagine working a job that you already feel is monotonous or you're kind of over already, and then having to also try to BS some excuses for what you did for all 8 hours, as if we're acting like most people who work an 8 hour job are actually working hard all 8 hours. I think a good thing to point out to managers here and a good compliance as far as making sure that you're working hard and having something keeping you busy is how much time is being spent dedicated to filling out this stupid time tracking policy thing. If they're truly that worried about people working hard for all eight hours, just how much productivity are they losing across all of your employees having to take the time to fill this stupid thing out. But with that being said,